Locked and loaded. The NRL's top eight is confirmed despite having a fortnight of footy still to be played. But that means the Warriors' fairy tale has come to an end. It's a significant week for the game. We celebrate the Harvey Norman women in league round. A former Jillaroo joins us to discuss. While the panel debated Wayne Bennett should return to Red Hill in 2021. And it's September, which means two things. Finals footy is just around the corner. And unfortunately, swooping season is upon us. I'm laughing and I also have anxiety. <laughs> Swooping season, magpies, not a fan. Gents, are you no, fans of magpies? Yep. No, huge We're, phobia. No, no magpie fans here. Um, <laughs> welcome to Inside the NRL. I'm Katie Brown. My co-host, Jamie Soud, Michael Chamis, back on deck. Now, Michael... You're not in tip-top to shape. What is happening with your voice this week? Look, I spent the night at uh, Panther Stadium on Friday night with my son cheering on the Panthers. I'm not a Panthers fan, but lost my voice a little bit, so we'll just stick with that. Uh, it's coming back. It's, it's coming good, but it's all right. We'll get through the show. Yeah, we'll have to lead. All eh? the viewers are so sad that we won't have to listen to him. Rather now. <laughs> hey, now, congratulations, Jamie. Big week last week for you. Congratulations to Maddie yourself. Indiana, you've got a second baby girl, Ivy May. Yeah, Ivy, she's yeah, amazing. It's been a, a big couple of days trying to watch some footy as well. But, yeah, uh, Wifey did amazing and Ivy's just, yeah, she's stolen my heart. Yeah, she's a little ball of perfection. We may <laughs> have a little surprise later on. But uh, you know how I like to start these shows and I love to see what you enjoyed from the round. So can you kick us off, please, Jamie? Yeah, I probably I like the the performance of the top three teams. You look at, I mean, when one team wins on a Thursday night, like Penrith go out and win on Friday, Melbourne and the Roosters are sitting back, and it's just like heavyweight boxers knowing that they're they're going to play each other in a couple of weeks. I like the fact that they're all answering the call. They all were professional on the weekend. They all were dominant. I think it was fantastic. Yeah, and what about for you, Michael? I like the feel of finals. We're getting that feel of finals football now. Friday night, yeah. Para Penrith, I just had that real finals football feel about it. Getting excited. To be honest with you, yeah, as you can tell. Yeah, and top eight all decided. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a second. I think I really liked that. Um, Finney Cooler was at the Sharks game yesterday with the Warriors. Great. Yeah, beautiful great. to see him back. Smile on his face. Um, these are the reasons why rugby league such a great game to see that he is recovering from um, brain cancer. So beautiful there. But as I mentioned, top eight is confirmed. Let's take a look at the leaderboard. And Panthers do sit at the top there. Storm not far behind. The top two can't fall out of the top four now. And then we obviously see Raiders, South Knights, Sharks. Rounding that out, Sharks did seal the deal in their win over the Warriors. Um, I think that everybody was sort of split on how they felt because the fairy tale with the Warriors is now over. But, gents, I want to ask you about all of these top eight teams, why they can and why they can't be there for the big dance for the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. So we'll start with the Penrith Panthers. Jamie, why can they win? I think they're halves of the way they're combining. You look at the try assists, I think Jerome Luai is up to about 16, Nathan Cleary is on 18. That proves that you're an attack threat both sides of the field. So I've loved the way they've combined this year and it makes everyone else's job easier knowing that you share possession as well. It's not just going to one side. And what about why can't they, Michael? Look, I'm a big fan of Penrith for the record. I think they will win it. But why they may not win it, I think they the lack of big game Experience is the obvious one for me. Obviously, Jerome Luai, your Crichton, your Tottles. There's there's not a lot of finals football experience in there. James Tamo's won a premiership there. Kurt Capewell, they've got Api Corusat. There's a few guys who have been in around. Zane Tedavano, they've been in around it. So Cleary, it's just it's just yeah, he's played in Origins. So well, he's played in three final series. Yeah, as well. yeah. I just think there's a lot of young guys there. If they aren't to make it all the way, perhaps the Melbourne and Roosters, their ability to deal with the pressure. 
might hold them in good stead. Just a quick one. I think they'd be happy playing Parramatta again first week of the finals. Oh, I don't think they, they would have been happy playing the Roosters. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, I know a team that you are backing, Michael, and that's the Melbourne Storm who are in second. Why can they win? Uh, two reasons. The, the Smith factor, just the whole uncertainty around his future actually plays into their hands nicely. You know, that's a motivating factor with Sam Smithy out on the right note the way he deserves if he is to fall out. Also the fact that Cameron Smith, Ryan Pappenhausen and Munster have all had breaks in the last two to three months that you know, make sure they're in good condition come finals time. I think it'll be a blessing for the Storm, the fact that these guys have missed a little bit of football over the last six to eight weeks and you know, they'll, they'll be primed to go at the right time. Is that the best spine in the NRL at the moment? No, nah, not the most informed, but on reputation, yeah. OK. Jamie, why couldn't they be there? Uh, the Smith factor for me, I think if that decision goes out, having been in a situation where players retire at the end and was not the same sort of scale but Wendell Saylor, the first thing Wayne Bennett addressed was let's not try and do it for Dell because then that focus shifts. So uh, it, you don't have to get into a tight game and all of a sudden you look over and it might be Cameron Smith's last game. So I think that might be a factor why they can't win it. Radio, if we go to third place, the Sydney Roosters, Jamie, you confident they could do a three-peat? Yeah, I am. Uh, I think that the inclusion of Sonny Bill Williams, but also they've had rest like the Melbourne Storm. These are the older guys now coming back. Luke Keary was you know, better for the run last week, man of the match performance on Saturday night. Boyd Corden has had a, an extended rest, so I just think that they're primed, ready for a three-peat. And, Michael, you're not sold? Oh, well, the question is why they can't win it. I think... The reason for me is, is the hunger still there? They've won two in a row, going for the three-peat, and you, you, you could forgive them for not having the same hunger they did two years ago. So I know they're going to break history, but if there is, if there is something, that, if there is a, a chink in the armour, the question is, are they hungry enough? Righto. And then as for Parramatta Eels, is there hope that they might sit at fourth now, but could they be there? Look, the hope is... They're falling away and they're falling away fast, but the hope is they get Reid Marnie back as early as this week, and Dylan Brown potentially for the finals. If they've got those two back on deck, they get back into a groove, Mitchell Moses finds his form again, uh, that's the saving grace for Parramatta at the right time. And if you have to tell punters why they can't, Jamie, why can't they? They look tired. They look tired. They went full throttle like most teams did, like the top teams did. Penrith have been able to sustain it. Parramatta haven't. I think Mitchell Moses being injured, you know, it was a blessing in disguise that Gutherson got himself into the game a lot more, but since he's come back, that combination hasn't worked, so uh, they look really, really tired at the moment. That's interesting, because I think, you know, not even two months ago, we were talking about how Parramatta were cruising, and, and now you're talking about them being tired, so it's something that they must have to really plan leading into such a long season. It's been an odd one. Yeah, and I don't know if they're a great team to be able to flick the switch. Like, if this was the Roosters, you'd say, all right, they know what to do, they've been there. This is a team that's still ascending to be a, a good team in the NRL, so I'm concerned about the Parramatta Reels and the way that they attacked and they've attacked and then let in those points as well. All right, if we move outside the top four, Canberra Raiders are there. And, Michael, why can they be there again? Uh, look, why, for me, why can't they be there? I, I think I'm not quite sold on George Williams, Sowie. I, I think he's done a... Uh, a reasonably good job so far, but in the big games, when you have to outmanage Cameron Smith and Luke Keary and Nathan Cleary, does George Williams come up with the right play in the big moments to get the, the job done for the Canberra Raiders? I don't know. I just don't think, I just don't think he's done enough for me so far to suggest he's, he's in a position to take Canberra one step further than they were last year. Why didn't you say it to him two weeks ago? Because he's on the show. Yeah. Look, I actually... Yeah, you know, I probably underestimated Canberra a little bit, Katie. I think that they're grind and they're getting, they're happy to be in a game. You saw the grand final. They're happy to be in a game that's ten six. I'm not sold on their attack, so I sort of partially agree with you, Michael. But 
for me, they're, they're just going to outcompete. That first week they win. The second week they're going to get a team that's probably been in an 80, 81 minute contest. You know, if it goes into extra time, and they may be able to just catch them on the hop. So this is a team that you know, Ricky Stewart's done fantastic down there. They can they can definitely win it. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk about South Sydney Rabbitohs, and you're not sold on the halves combination uh, for the Raiders, but you are for Souths. Yeah, I think Cody Walker, especially. I think he started the year pretty slow, missed a few games. But he's found his groove, Cody Walker, and that left edge for South Sydney is starting to look really, really threatening at the right time. And the other factor for me is also this man, Damian Cook. He, he's, he started the year slow as well, same with Adam Reynolds, but Damian Cook, when he gets going, South Sydney play on the back of it, and their forward pack, surprisingly, Junior Totola and, and Liam Knight, they're actually playing really well and making plenty of metres for South Sydney. So, to me, Cook and Walker firing at the right time makes them a threat. Jamie, are they still off the pace for you? Yeah, they are. Look, they've been fantastic the last six weeks, and I, and I love watching them play, but inconsistency for me. You know, you look at that Melbourne game, they'd won six in a row or five in a row. They went into that Melbourne game, they had Melbourne a chance to beat Melbourne who weren't at their best, but they just kept turning the ball over. And, you know, sometimes it's nice to go on those runs, but you always revert back to what you've done at the start of the year. You know, this is, has been building for a long time for South Sydney. No Latrell Mitchell, plus they continue to put themselves in tough situations and beating themselves. And it reflects no more than what we saw on Thursday night. This, that's the South Sydney we saw the previous six weeks. The South Sydney we saw in the second half is the team that we saw before that six-week six week winning streak. So... Too inconsistent for me, uh, too many questions about that and, and like I said, no, no Latrell Mitchell. Until that game against the Tigers, I thought, wow, they really are showing some consistency, peaking at the right time of the year, but we'll see what happens. All right, Newcastle Knights, uh, Jamie, why can they win this? 20 minutes into the game the other night, I thought this isn't a team that deserves to be in the eight. What we saw for the next 60 is they actually competed really, really hard and they were never ever going to beat the Roosters, but no, no Callum Ponga, no Bradman Best. They start to get some of those guys back in. The want was there in the second half, and that's what Adam O'Brien would be saying to his team. We're in the finals. We just need to try and get ourselves ready for that. Uh, the, the second 60 or the 60 minutes in that game was, was more preparation than the first 20. You mentioned Ponga and Bradman Best not in the side, but, Michael, is that a reasoning why you don't think there's enough player depth and why you don't think they'll be there? Yeah, especially, look, the Knights, I was here on this show at the start of the year saying that they're a top-four team. They've had injuries. I know we've had a little, little bet on it, but they've had injuries, right? And for me, the injuries are the reason why they probably can't go deep in this competition. Like, their hooking ranks, they've lost three or four now. Connor Watson, Jaden Braley. They also lost um, Blake Green as well. The injuries have crawled them at the wrong time. I don't see them... Yeah, Caelan Ponga can produce anything, but I don't see the Knights. He's smirking over here, Sally. <laughs> but I was asked to give you the answer, and to me, the injuries have crawled them. If they hadn't got injuries, the answers would be different. They've done well. They're not For the Knights, making the final is their final. They, they've done well. Yeah. I, I, what you've just said is what I've been trying to tell you all year, is about their player depth. They just haven't got the player they've depth. They've lost they four need, hookers. They need some pieces to be able to either cover that. They need a, a recognised 5'8". And I know we're going to talk about later in the show, but there's two experienced 5'8s out there. One who threw two cutout passes the other night that they should sign. <laughs> OK. Good hint. <laughs> to round out the top eight is, of course, the Cronulla Sharks, and they cemented their spot. Michael, you're a big believer that maybe they could do this if one man can perform. Well, Sean Johnson is the key to everything. Cronulla, to be, to be fair, probably don't deserve to play finals football. They haven't beaten the top eight team all year. But if Sean Johnson fires for four or five plays in a game, it just takes 40 or 50 minutes spurts for the Sharks to win the first game, produces magic in the second game, and all of a sudden they're in a prelim. Sean Johnson can do anything on the football field. If he can just get it right in the crucial moments, 
Cronulla can, ups, can, can pull off an upset. They've got the, the firepower there with Sean Johnson to create the magic to pull off an upset. Jamie, he hasn't convinced you? No, their, their form, they don't deserve to be in the eight, really, when you look at how inconsistent they've been. And that's, you know, to answer Michael's sort of point, that's the reason why they can't win it, is because they do rely on Sean Johnson so much. Everything that they do, if I'm preparing for the Cronulla Sharks right now, we're, tr we're sending traffic down that left-hand side, the right edge for, for Cronulla, and we're making sure we put him on the ground every time he carries the ball. And that just takes the juice out of him because there's no-one else in that team at the moment that has shown that they're going to step up and, and be able to provide the big plays. No Chad Townsend for another couple of weeks. I, I just, yeah, too inconsistent for me. OK, that rounds out the top eight. I've got to ask you real quick, who's in that big dance then? Who, who do you show most confidence in, the two teams? Uh, I'm going Penrith Roosters. I think that'll Penrith, Penrith Roosters, Roosters grand final. I don't agree with you very much, but I think it'll be Penrith Roosters. Whoa! OK. Mm. This is, that's Melbourne. lovely. I don't know. I actually, I'm enjoying oh, it. They're right, right off Canberra. That. They can come in from the outside of the four. Uh, Parramatta, they'll have to get, do something special, Parramatta. They're, they're, they're outside Canberra now. They're, they're outside the four in terms of their premiership credentials. I'm surprised Melbourne Storm isn't in it for either of you two. Well, okay. it's that first week. Now that it's shaped up, I, I like the matchup Melbourne-Para in that first week and Roosters Penrith because I think Roosters could beat Penrith that first week but and then they'd, they'd be on a collision course. I'll tell you why Melbourne may struggle and it might not worry till the might not be a factor till the grand final is fly in fly out for the big mm. game. Nah, that won't worry him. Most experienced team in the competition won't worry him. Okay. It's an interesting one. It's time to move on. We've got <laughs> Alana Ferguson on the line. It is of course round 19 to celebrate women in league round the Harvey Norman women in league round. Alana, thanks so much for coming on inside the NRL. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, I always ask the boys at the start of the show, so I've got to throw it to you as well. What is your yeah. favourite moment out of the round? You know what? I'm going to have to go with Cody Ramsey, uh, the kid on debut for the Dragons. I just thought he played absolutely brilliantly. And, you know, the Dragons, they didn't make the top eight, but he had a huge opportunity. He's really juggling between work, studying and, of course, footy as well. Um, and I just thought, you know what, he got given the ball, he took it with both hands and he had an absolute blinder. I love that his family was there. We saw how excited his mum was too, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I loved everything about it. He's a natural try scorer and he really put his best foot forward. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with that one. Great choice. Did, he actually <laughs> spoke to media today and um, his mum was uh, filmed saying uh, some words <laughs> that I'm sure we can work out what they were. <laughs> and he said it does run in the family. So it was great to see him score a double, wasn't it? Very passionate. <laughs> Fair enough being disallowed that third one. Um, but we'll get to your playing career in just a moment um, because you do have a history in the game and you're still working for Channel 9 but just quickly what does women in league round mean for you? Oh I think it's so important and you know what more so now I think our game has evolved so much and the inclusion of women everywhere is just it, it means the world I've grown up watching the footy and you see the players speak about you know their parents and their family members and their partners that are involved but I think the way that it has evolved now and, and everyone can be included, whether it be us or the young girls playing, um, everyone behind the scenes. Like, there's so many women that work for Channel 9 behind the scenes that unfortunately you don't get to see. But just giving respect and really acknowledging that it is it is a level playing field and that everyone's welcome and really recognise it's, it's special and um, it's really important too. Alana, I know you're happily retired and doing a fantastic job with Channel 9, <laughs> but is there a small party that wishes that you were playing at this time, a real golden era for women's rugby league, given the, the promotion of the NRLW in the last few years? Is there a part of you a little bit envious? 
Mate, it's a huge part. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's, there's nothing tiny about it. Um, I had to retire because of injury. It wasn't a choice. So um, I am very disappointed that I'm not still out there playing. However, it is seriously still a dream come true. Like the fact that I can sit at home or at, at the moment I get to be at the games, which is insane, uh, but watch the women out there. That's something that I dreamt about for a very, very long time. I was fortunate enough to be in the initial stages of the process and help make that happen and be a part of the conversation. But you know what, to see it happen and to see so many of my great mates out there really paving the way and being heroes for young boys and young girls, it gives me goosebumps. I honestly have goosebumps right now. It's so special. And yeah, to answer your question, I am envious because I love footy and I'd do absolutely anything to be out there, but I'm just as happy for the women that, that are out there at the moment and for the girls coming through that can aspire to be there. Alana, the NRLW is starting very, very soon. The Broncos have gone back-to-back. -back. Can the Dragons mm. make up the ground this year or do you see the Broncos going for a three-peat? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know what excites me the most about NRLW this year is the new talent coming through. Um, we've got some new faces which I'm really excited about and I've seen some games on club level but um, not a lot of footy's being played so I'm really excited to see the talent that's going to come through. I love the Dragons. They've got a lot of X factor, but I think the way that the Broncos play is they're, they're pretty solid um, attacking and defending and just sticking to that game plan. So they're sort of like the uh, the Melbourne Storm in a sense. Their attitude will stay the same and they'll really, they're really good at rolling out that game plan. But I think the Dragons, we can see Jess just there now, nicknamed Winx for a very, very good reason. She's an incredible athlete. But I think we'll see in all of the sides some um, pretty special players come out. And it's actually really hard for me to predict who's going to win. Even the Roosters, they've got Charlotte Caslett coming into their side. So there's some exciting names uh, that we do know and some special secrets that we don't know. But, yeah, I can't wait to see it all roll out. We're nearly there. Look at you spilling all the secrets. I love I it. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's out there. Everyone knows. No, no, they do. They do. That's great. What did, what did you think of Brad Donald coaching the Warriors for this NRLW season? Because, I mean, a month ago, we didn't think it was even going ahead. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's great. Um, I've been coached by Brad for a couple of years and I think what he'll bring to that side is um, a great sense of professionalism. He coached uh, myself and my teammates for the Gillaroos and he's very good at what he does. But also for the Warriors girls, um, you guys are no playing footy yourselves. It doesn't matter who your coach is. If you, if you get the opportunity to be coached by someone new, you're going to learn something different. So I think it's a huge opportunity for those Warriors girls that have sort of been listening to the same voices to be able to take something different on board. Everyone sees something different. And I think Brad's got a really great eye for footy and he's been involved in Women's Rugby League for a long time. So as long as they soak up all of that professionalism and those ideas that he's got, yeah, that'll be a great shot this year too. Alana, I just wanted to ask how you found your transition from player to the media, obviously bucking the trend yourself and Ruan, providing analysis on especially the men's game. How have you found that coming into a, a, an industry that has traditionally been largely dominated by male analy analysis? I think Ru and I, we, we've both been playing footy since we were little, so we're used to a male-dominated world, but um, it was a huge opportunity, I'm not going to lie. I was very nervous and I still do get nerves. Um, but what made the transition much more comfortable, and I guess the reason that I do enjoy it and love it so much now is, firstly, I know rugby league and I understand it. Um, so that makes it easy, but it's the people we're surrounded with. And the, the boys that we get to work with, they're stars of the game. Everyone knows their name. They've been doing it forever. Um, and I've been watching them on TV forever. So it can be a daunting scenario, I guess, to walk into, but that was flattened within seconds. Um, just the support that everyone gives you, it's so much fun. 
Like it is honestly so much fun. So just being in those environments, I guess I don't take them for granted. They're a lot of fun. The, the footy talk that we get to say on air, but um, a lot of it that happens off air, it's, you know, it's pretty special. I've grown up watching um, a lot of those guys play and yeah, I, I absolutely love what we do. I'm used to sitting at home watching the footy with my dad sort of talking about the same things, but um you know, coming off the back of our last game on, on Sunday, I'm sitting um, either side of Freddie and Joey, like, analysing and just chatting footy. So it's pretty cool. And I guess the people that I've been surrounded with have been the ones that have made it so enjoyable and just truly um, made me feel like I do fit in, which is amazing. Alana, you were out at Penrith firsthand on Friday night. What did you make about Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai's partnership in the halves at the foot of the mountains? Yeah, they're pretty special players, aren't they? I mean, that, that performance from Penrith, it was a little bit different. Um, but what they did still create for me, especially in that first half, was plenty of opportunities. Um, they won that field uh, position. They had plenty of possession. I guess going into this next round, what they need to come up with as a, as a team is a bit of polish. But... Um, Luai had an absolute blinder. You can see him using that footwork there, but they both just look like they've got plenty of time. Um, their combination's really special. They don't necessarily always need one another, which I think will help Penrith a lot uh, because they can play great footy on both sides of the ruck. But um, great halves. They're as, they're as good as it gets at the moment, and I still think they owe a lot of that to um, Appy Corusau, who delivers some pretty special ball and relieves a lot of pressure off them. But... They're looking pretty professional, I get, especially for their age. Like Nathan Cleary, the, the moments that he's able to create, um, yeah, he's, he's a great player. They're, they're in pretty good form heading into the finals. Absolutely. I think none of us would disagree with you there. And on Friday, you're uh, covering the Eels and the Broncos on Friday night. I'm positive you're on that game. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, yes, I'm on Friday night. Friday yes, night. Yeah, yeah, and how do you see this one playing out? It's Friday night's Cowboys... Um, Panthers, isn't it? Cowboys, Panthers, and then Eels, Broncos later. So I think you're yes, sorry, you'll perfect. be covering both. Yeah. Yeah. Look, looking forward to it. I think um, what the Eels really need to do is come up with some points. I was a little bit disappointed um, on the weekend's game, the way that they handled the scenario. They got they got peppered by Penrith, and um, they had no field position. But I really didn't. I wasn't impressed by the way that they didn't apply themselves in that game. And I'll compare it. Well, the biggest comparison for me is if you're in those tough games and you've really got to put your best foot forward, you need those strike players to stand up. And Mitch Moses, for me, I know that they didn't have the best field position and I know that they were tired. Uh, but Mitch Moses, in comparison to who we were just speaking about, Nate Cleary, Nathan needed... He put his hand up and he wanted the ball. He had over 20 touches and ran for over 120-odd metres, whereas Mitch um, had the ball three times and only ran over for over 10. So... They had a really tough scenario. Um, their forwards probably didn't set the best platform and I don't think the ball from Hooker was quick enough, but I'd love to see Mitch Moses just really get in there and own that game because for the Eels to take their game to the next level, he's got to do that. He's got to take the ball in the line to the line, sorry, and he's really got to start attacking. So, yeah, I guess the difference for them is being able to change the momentum and really change those those parts of the game because at the moment we're heading into finals footy and they're definitely not in their best form. They look a little bit slow um, and almost just like they're, they've given up uh, in a sense. But also Reid Marnie coming back might help too. That might help speed the game up for them. Yeah, fingers crossed for Parramatta Eels fans. Hey, I'm going to let you go, but just quickly, who's going to be there in the grand final? Oh, it's a tough one. I tell you what, I'd love it to be Penrith and the Roosters. But Melbourne, just their professionalism, it's just, it's really hard to let them go. But um, 
I think if, if all three of their teams are playing their absolute best game, then it'll be Penrith and the Roosters. And I think the Roosters will just clip them. Ooh, OK, all I right. Know. You're on par with these boys on the panel as well. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Alana, and you can catch no Alana on Channel 9 on Friday night, the Eels and the Broncos. Cheers. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Alana Ferguson there. She's a wonder woman. She's a mother. She's working on the footy. She's a player. She's a wife. It's fantastic to see women really involved in the men's game, um, which is becoming the women's game as well for Harvey Norman Women in League. But... Sweet or sour? What's coming up? Yeah, sour this week. Oh! <laughs> so much good times in my family at the moment. But there was an incident on Saturday night which I cannot wrap my head around and I'm confused and I'd be interested to hear what the panel thinks. But Lindsay Collins the other night scored a try. The front rowers union, they don't get to score many tries. He goes through two defenders there in uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon and Tex Hoy. And it's play, it's gone to the bunker, sent back that Nat Butcher impedes two players to make a defensive tackle. Now... This is the worst decision of 2020. <laughs> this honestly is the worst decision of 2020. When it got sent to the bunker, I, I thought there must have been... I didn't know what they were sending it up there. Maybe just to get an extra you know, bit of coverage. But this is the worst decision that we've seen of 2020. Soured this week. I cannot believe they didn't give that a try. OK, well, this is crazy because you don't need to talk to the panel about it. We talked to Graeme Annesley about it today and <laughs> guess what? He agrees with you, Jamie. Take a listen. You know, if you talk about using the common term of the pub test in this. There's just no way this stands up to scrutiny as, as an obstruction. I think this one is uh, pretty straightforward. I don't think there's too much difficulty in this decision. And through a, a, a process-driven uh, outcome, we get the wrong decision. And I think, just like any business, uh, if your process is letting you down, you have to review your process. Are you pleased? No. Okay. Yeah, the damage has been done. Yes, has it? Yeah, but uh, good on Graham Annesley for saying it. But as a player, if that's a grand final, right, and and we score a try and we work hard and score that try in a grand final, and it's taken away because of the process on the biggest day of the year, I I just couldn't believe it. Like there mm. there is, I reckon. Ivy's only three days old, and I reckon she could have told me that was a try. Sowie, in fairness, you did win a premiership on the back of a try that was a genuine no try. Brett Morris's foot was in the grandstand, and the Roosters are. And if it had gone to the bunker, it would have. <laughs> and so, and Braith and Asses tried. Look, all jokes aside, I just I don't want to see on the biggest day us talking for weeks afterwards that the bunker got it wrong. And if the process is wrong then we need to fix it and get someone in there that can simplify the process so that everyone can understand it. Because well, they are looking at it in the yeah, coming but days. And it could be already changed by the coming round. 99% okay. of people that cover the game, mm -hmm. right, thought it was a try. Yep. Commentators, people here, people that work behind the scenes here all thought it was a try. The 1% that didn't are the people that matter in the bunker that pressed the wrong button. Not good enough. It's our they end of the they are going to be looking at the process and it could be changed by as early as this round. But moving on, voting for the 2020 Ken Stephen Medal brought to you by My Property Consultant is now live. So this year you can vote. There's 14 nominees for this award, um, which recognises the efforts of players and what they achieved off the field in the community. So this is the 32 instance of the award and um, Ryan James, C.S. Oliola, Joel Thompson, Jonathan Thurston have all been previous winners. And this year you can have your say. So it's a fan-voted player joining the other three Ken Stephen Medal Award winners, which is really fantastic. What are you, you going to butt in? Yeah, um, you look at that list of names. That's like, they're high-profile players. That yeah. That are working, yeah, through 
I'm just saying, it's amazing that our game has the high-profile players doing it because you could probably see a lot of those guys that are on the fringe and have a little bit more time to be able to donate that. Mm -hmm. But Roger Tuivasa-Shek in New Zealand is probably the biggest name in rugby league. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it's fantastic that those guys give up so much time and, and cause. And Adam Elliott, what he's done for his foundation and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's really remarkable as a game that we get the high-profile guys coming in and putting their hand up for that work. Yeah, and I think we need to highlight it as well. So for football fans or any fans, you can go to NRL.com to cast your vote because it does finish on Sunday. So get in there early. But now it is time for Casualty Ward brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins. Some great news out of the Sydney Roosters. Their skipper Boyd Cordner has been assessed and cleared following his HIA in the first half against Newcastle on Saturday. The 28-year-old has resumed to full training. Now, we know the Warriors are out of finals contention, but they could be without one of their halves with an arm injury. Cody Nicarima and the club's medical staff are awaiting scan results. To the Northern Beaches, Cade Cust looks to be out for the season, suffering a high ankle sprain, while Adam Fenua-Blake aggravated a reoccurring knee injury and will be monitored. Their opposition didn't get away unscathed on Friday night. Bulldog Matt Dory's season is done for 2020. Unfortunately, the back rower tore his PCL in their loss to Manly. In other injuries, Peter Hiku, Api Korosau and Spencer Leniu will all have to pass HIA protocol in order to play round 19. While we have a handful who are likely to return this round, Jason Tamalolo tops the list. The damaging forward could be back for the Cowboys from a calf injury. Para could be boosted by hooker Reid Marnie, who is recovering from an injured AC joint, while Tom Tavojevic might be in line to play his first game since round six. And while we are on the topic of injuries, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Ryan Madison for looking out for Appy Coruscant on Friday night. It didn't go unnoticed from Appy himself. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, you know, I watched the footage back and I even like just wrote a little comment on Facebook just thanking him but you know at the time I probably didn't appreciate it um, I wanted to play on and you know these these things have like pretty bad long-term effects and if they're not looked after properly you know you can end up pretty bad so um, it was nice of him to to look out for me um, especially when you're in that kind of environment where everything's a competition. That's this week's Casualty Ward brought to you by Go Healthy Vitamins it's now time for Hit or Miss. All right, first off the list. Tino Fasua Malaawi is a better buy than David Fafida for the Titans. Hit. Oh. hit. I said this a couple of weeks ago. Value for money. But he could be as good as David Fafida on half the money. It's, it's a fantastic buy from the Titans. And value for money, Tino will be more value than David Fafida. Hit. Yeah, it's hard not to agree. Uh, you really don't want to agree with that. No, I don't. <laughs> but uh, I think the Fafita signing was di was different for other reasons. The name, stealing him from the Broncos, you know, they had to pay that little bit extra to attract other players to come there. But Tino Fasul Malawi is a fantastic player and he is going to be better value for money because he's in the middle and he's going to touch the footy more. So, Correct. you know, the, the question that is, gonna, is he going to play at 13? Is he going to play up front? Like, he's so versatile that he is going to be more important to that Titans team rather than David Fafita, who's going to have to wait to get the footy off Fogarty or Ash Taylor. So, uh, I agree. And I'll tell you what, they'll sign other blokes now because of the team they've got. The problem when you're at the bottom is no one wants to come there. I don't think you can say that about the Titans anymore. You've you got young kids saying, do you want to go to the Titans? Oh, I would love to play with Tino they, and David Fafita. They still need probably two or three 
maybe two or three hundred thousand dollar players that are going to be good enough. Like look at Corey Thompson, mm. being able to get him. But if they could have another guy that's sort of like that, uh, young Tonema Payer has been fantastic. But yeah, they're, they're all signs are pointing out. Absolutely. All right. Second up, Wayne Bennett will return to Red Hill in 2021. Hit or miss? I'm going to say miss. I think that ship has sailed. I, I just cannot see how everyone can put their differences aside and make it work. Like, it ended as ugly as ugly. Like, it, it ended bad. And Wayne Bennett, to go back there, the ball would have to completely be removed, to be fair. They can't work together, him and Carl Morris. He despises the chairman up there, given the way he exited the club. So, for me, I can't see Wayne Bennett at the club unless something changes with the structure of that team. I'm going to say hit... Uh, because if you think about what was, like, you say that was the ugly, how it ended, well, this year's been worse. Yeah, this year, the way that that's unfolded has been worse than, than Wayne Bennett, that saga there. So oh, I don't know. I think that he there was, was a lot of stabbing in the back with Wayne Bennett. You had involved. your time. Rest your voice. <laughs> I think that he'll be back as a coaching director and he'll oversee either Paul Green or Kevy Walters as a, as a coach and just be able to provide some guidance there, especially if it's Kevy first time in charge of an NRL club. And, yeah, if, you, if the board takes him back, then it sort of takes a little bit of a shine off this year and not a, not a worry because you get the premiership winner back. OK. To a player-related question, Jared Mullen deserves a second chance in the NRL. Hit or miss? Hit. Whether he's going to get one or not is a different story, but he served his time. He made a mistake. We all make mistakes, and rugby league is the game of second chances, and I think he's come out and he's on the recovery road now. He's been in rehab and done all that kind of stuff, so uh, if a club out there wants to give him a trainer trial, I think that they'd be you know, looking at him, but whether he's still got it or not, he'll have to work hard, but, yeah, there's a chance there. Oh, look, he does, he's, he's served his time, so, yeah, he deserves to have a crack. He, he won't get the crack, I don't think. Benji Marshall and... Kieran Foran are struggling to get a crack. Like you're talking about two guys who are proving themselves right now. And if I have the option between Benji Marshall and Jared Mullen, I know I'm taking. And Benji, let's be fair, they're not lining up for his services. So, yeah, he's going to struggle, Jared Mullen. You're trying to keep your mouth He never answers the question. I said hit to start with. OK, good. <laughs> Sorry for explaining my answer. <laughs> Next. OK. The Bulldogs need to clean the kennel before Trent Barrett arrives. Before I get your answer, let's take a listen to what Phil Gould said. Last week on 100% footy, there was a warning for Trent Barrett. I'm sure that Trent Barrett doesn't know what he's getting himself into. And if I was associated with Trent Barrett in any way, shape and form, I think I'd be advising him to reconsider his decision because I just think that this is going to deteriorate into a real mess. Uh, in the coming weeks, and I just can't see any way out. And I think it's just too much for him to take on at this time. I'd be nearly inclined to decline it and go back to where he is and just wait a little bit more time because the Bulldogs is an absolute mess. Behind the scenes, it is a toxic mess. A toxic mess and very, very respected man in the game. Generally not wrong. What would you do, gents? Oh, he's, he's not wrong. He's not wrong because... It is a mess and it's going to get really ugly. We spoke about ugly before. They will turn on each other at Canterbury over the next few weeks. The instability at board level is going to filter down to the club. To be honest with you, I agree with Phil Gould. If I'm Trent Barrett, I'll wait for the next job because the Canterbury job is going to be hard work. There's no guarantees you get the support from anyone there. And I know Andrew, Andrew Hill's doing a fantastic job trying to keep that club afloat, but at boardroom level, it's gone horribly wrong and there are factions there that are going to tear the club apart. He would know more about behind the scenes. Uh, judging from a football club, um, they've underachieved again this year. You know, they went into the last two years, they've gone into the season with hype after the way they've played with their young guys. But 
for so long we said they weren't the worst team in the competition. Well, they are. They can't play for 80 minutes. They're inconsistent. But there's only 16 jobs, NRL jobs, you know, in Australia. And when one of those comes up, if you're desperate to be a head coach, you're going to have to take on one of the worst teams. You can't take you know, one of the blue chippers. So it will be a lot of hard work. Um, again, I'm only speaking from the footy point of view, Katie, but mm. uh, as far as the board stuff, I don't really buy into that. That's, you know, they, they've got that to sort out. Trent Barrett has done a fantastic job with Penrith, enough to convince other clubs that he's worthy of a second, uh, worthy of a second chance, I yeah. think, at another club. So can I throw a hit or miss question out? Is that, a, is that possible? Jerome Luai, best 5'8 in the NRL this year. Does he beat Kiri for 5'8 of the year? No. No? Kiri still? Yes. Kiri, oh. Munster. Jerome Luai's been fantastic off the back of Nathan Cleary and the team environment. Come on, mate. Seriously? What? Come on. Doesn't deserve it. No. Okay. There we go. Gave me donuts. Absolute donuts. Next week, I won't be throwing a hit or miss question at you. No worries. Do you want to host the rest of the show? You go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, last one. Sign one. Benji Marshall or Kieran Foran? We're both going to be in agreement here to be Benji Marshall. The best ability is availability, and Benji's shown that. And the other night, I was really sad for him when that kick went dead because he's a guy that still has plenty to offer, not only on the field, but off the field as well, and in the change room that could use experience. And that's why I said Newcastle. You know, if they could get him at the right price, he could be the perfect fall for, for Mitchell Pearce and help Carlin Ponga come through. So, yeah, I was really sad for him the other night, but he throws passes like that. And it's just like, you don't want the greats to retire, Katie. You know, the, the, we want the next crop to come through, but when Smith and Benji and that retire, they'll probably take my job. But, yeah, they're not going to be playing anymore. We're not going to be able to call Benji Marshall. Yeah, so hit or miss? True. I said hit. There wasn't, him. there wasn't a hit or miss to actually answer that. Just a trick question. I say, I say <laughs> Benji Marshall. I'll just keep it short. Benji Marshall. He's come on me. really confident today, hasn't he? Well, he always puts it on me, so I just thought I'd get that. You go, you go, there. Benji. Benji, yes. yeah, definitely. I think okay. it's uh, for everything that's how we said. Kieran Foran's injuries. Great. So, Benji. Fantastic. Okay, great. We'll wrap that up. Now to power rankings, Jamie. The NRL Power Rankings see the Canberra Raiders remain in fourth. They're going to be a tough out when it comes finals time. You think about that first week of the finals, the four teams match up, the Raiders are going to be coming in pretty hot. Yeah, the Sharks, Knights, Rabbits, if I'm in that bottom four of the eight, the team you want to play least in week one of the finals is the Canberra Raiders, especially down in Canberra. They're going to be tough to beat. They're coming into this competition, they're coming in at the right time, they're getting troops back and they're going to be dangerous. That, that experience last year of finals football will hold them in good stead. They can win the comp outside the four, don't worry about that. And that's right, they're so competitive and so urgent on defensive, but attack is still a bit of a worry for me. The Gold Coast Titans move into seventh on the power rankings and this is a team that's going to enter 2021 with a lot of hype in the NRL. You consider they're going to get Tino Fasumala Awi, they're going to get Herman SSA, Dave Fafita, and then you put together Ash Taylor and Jamal Fogarty, who have been fantastic the last three weeks. Another preseason under Justin Holbrook, a lot of hype for the Titans. Yeah, they're finding the groove at the right time, aren't they, the Titans? And I, I imagine you mentioned Justin Holbrook. Now, he's not going to win the Coach of the Year award, but he'll be in that conversation. He'll be one of the nominees. He's done a fantastic job with the Titans team that we all predicted would probably win the spoon and win it comfortably. So, hats off to Justin Holbrook, he's done a fantastic job. The North Queensland Cowboys continue to struggle and it's been a real horrid year. You talk about injuries as well, but some of their key line players have just underperformed and I think Todd Payton's got a long off-season ahead of him. 
he does, and he, he needs more out of Michael Morgan. I know he's been injured and his body's let him down, but he's on a lot of money at the North Queensland Cowboys, Michael Morgan, and he hasn't lived up to the hype. They signed him on a, a long-term deal on a lot of money, and really their, their future lies in the hands of Michael Morgan and what he's able to produce. So hopefully he can get his body right, because without him and given the money he's taken up, they're going to struggle for a while now, the Cowboys, if Michael Morgan doesn't rediscover his form. Well, you look at what we saw from Josh McGuire over the weekend. That's not good enough from one of your senior players when Jason Tomalolo and Michael Morgan are out. So Todd Payton has got his work cut out. Make sure you keep an eye on NRL.com every Monday for the Power Rankings. Love it. All right, now time for Champ or Chump, and we kick things off with this. This was perfect timing. When we talk about women not being able to play rugby league, Eva Hicks, love your work. She picked up the ball. It was fantastic. Here we go. Watch this video at Southeastern <laughs> Rugby League Club. Going down to score a try, and the parents are all yelling out, put it down, put it down. Runs all the way through the canteen. <laughs> Oh, it was so great. Honestly, that... It keeps saw, going. It keeps going. I saw you post that, Katie, and I just thought, I cannot wait for my girls to play rugby league. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's so it just, good to see. Oh, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Oh, well I thought, especially with Brilliant. women in league round, I thought, oh, my gosh. And I've watched it about three times. So, um, actually, a South Sydney Rabbitoh, Alexis Navrantonis, passed that on to me and shared it. And I thought, this is gold. Yeah. Got to watch that. Um, so, well done. Thanks for <laughs> sending that one in. But next up, we did have... Um, Magpie season. We've spoken about this, gents. Oh, <laughs> honestly, I would not. I would have just gone off. That magpie is a chump of the highest order. Oh. Seriously, oh. chump of the year goes to that magpie. That is. Look at. There's no Six way. Six times. It, nah. it didn't want anyone else. Nah. Just that bloke. And then he tried. To, so why did he go off? Was he scared? I just wanted. Mate, to I was. Well, he's in a headgear. That's why. Was he called off? <laughs> look at that. <laughs> I'm honestly. only laughing because it's not me. Nah. But get this. So he's a Parks Spaceman Junior, Jack Skinner. He was chased off the field playing the Magpies. The opposition oh, wow. was the Forbes Magpies. Did they get charged for 14 on the field? They should have. <laughs> 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 I like that joke. <laughs> Dad joke. Dad joke. <laughs> You're allowed one today. All right, last but not least, we did see... We've seen plenty of bad haircuts this season in the NRL, but this is the latest. Josh Adokar. What's doing? It's fresh, isn't it? Uh, it is what, fresh. What's it called, though? Is that just like a top knot or a man well, bun? I think funny it's a top you say knot, that. The NRL roasters have made a comparison. Take a look at this. Ah, Are they on the money? Genie. Aladdin. Yeah. Yes. I think he's just preparing to come move out west, Western Sydney. I'm from <laughs> out west. I've seen a lot of haircuts like that in recent, in recent weeks. So he's That's in fashion, is it? Yeah, it's the fashion out west. Okay, fair I enough. Uh, have we champed or chumped him? Champ. Champ. He's in good form at the moment, Josh Adokar. Okay, well, this all works in perfectly because you just cracked the dad joke in Champ or Champ. And we need to congratulate you for becoming a father of two little girls. Yeah, Congratulations, Zach Bailey. Oh. Bringing it in. Oh. My champ of the week is Maddie. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks, My mate. chump of the week, you. Let Katie host the show. <laughs> you are an A-grade champ. Go home, have your herbal tea and have a bath, all right? <laughs> Thank hope you. you. I hope your voice is good Congratulations, Zoe. Yeah, Thank congratulations. you Fantastic. very much. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. Any words? Any last words? Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, can't wait to get back and, and hold Ivy. And obviously, the first meeting between Indiana and Ivy is something special. So can't wait to get home tomorrow and, and enjoy that family time. Can't wait to have a featuring on Inside the NRL. I like this, actually. <laughs>
Because I don't have to look at him. It's good. This is so like I can get this every week. I love yeah. it. If I can get that every week, uh, producer chat. the gibber that comes out in between. I like <laughs> nah, it. They look good much. on set as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, to wrap things up, NRL Teams is on set tomorrow at 3.55. Zach Bailey, who was just in here, actually, with Brett Kamali and Robbie Farah. All of the ins and outs for the 16 NRL Teams. Not long before the finals kick off there. Uh, and don't forget, that will be on the NRL app website and the Facebook live stream. But that's it for today. Make sure you go to NRL.com to vote for your try of the week. Thanks to Drinkwise. Until next Monday, have a good one. Down the ground and Marshall came, comes up with the ball. Nopaluma puts the kick down the ground and Brooks is back there and Brooks has put it down. He's put it down for a try. Terry Evans is floating and now Tabuta Puna keeps it going. Terry Evans, the cutout. Albert Hopawati pushing away from Nick Meany and then keeps it alive. Terry Evans over the 30. Now puts the foot down. Now the kick. He was taken out. Doesn't matter. Through the Titans, great ball back inside. Arrow for Don. Anthony Don trying to get away from Staggs. Goes to Thompson. Tonomapia is going to score a wonderful team try. The Gold Coast Titans go 90 metres. Ran quickly away and Williams is off and running again. Offloaded to Manu. Manu's offloaded. What about the hands? What about the kick? Flanagan for Tedesco. Offload. Skill. Kick. Die. Tell me it's a try.